0: Today, we are talking a little bit about goals and how to restart. And because y'all know me, you know I'm gonna talk about some nerdy science stuff and I don't want your brain to just get completely stopped or blocked by any of this. Just know that the science of goal setting and the science of changing your life and habits, there really is a science to it. And so the purpose in sharing it Isn't to be super nerdy, but really what I find is that nerding out about it gives me love and grace and myself and like understanding that oh, I'm not a biological robot, (laughs) but there are also reasons why we do the things we do. And there are reasons why changing your habits, losing weight, changing your health, I don't know, changing anything in life. There's a reason why it's hard. And so Something that I think is incredibly interesting is that our neuros, uh, um, circuitry, which is like our brain, our brain stem, our neurons, all the stuff inside our body that is part of our neurological system, no matter what goal you're working towards, whether it be weight loss or finance or, you know, uh, running a marathon or marriage goals, it's all the exact same path in your brain. Isn't that cool? You may want to have a moment of silence for how cool that is. Like, it doesn't matter what the goal is. You're using the same resources to change your habits. And so what's good about that is that how many of y'all have ever reached a goal in your life? Any graduates from high school or college, right? Like anybody uh, married or reached like type in the chat. What's the, the, the newest or most recent goal, or maybe a huge goal in your life that you're most proud of. Lost 55 pounds, okay. That's a huge goal. Yeah, anybody else? Nobody's got goals. Nobody's reached any goals in their life. Are y'all just shy today? That's okay, I'll keep talking. Oh, Amy, master's degree in counseling. Yeah, that was probably hard. I mean, that's a huge goal, therapy weekly. You say, ha-ha, Kaylee, but like, that's a huge goal. It took you time, energy, thought, and commitment to like decide and then to set it up and then to get there each week. Like, that's huge, right? A scout trip after six years of planning, huge goal, right? So what's so cool about each of those goals is that you use the exact same neurocircuitry that you're going to use for every single goal in your life so if you're in pursuit of your next step or your next goal you've already done it does that give anyone like comfort knowing like i am a goal person i know how to get things done i didn't cuss there did y'all catch that <laughs> working on that yeah it only took 30 years but Tamara, you did it good So another interesting thing, because we're using the same neurocircuitry for each of our goals, it's important. And studies are showing that it's important to just choose one goal at a time instead of like the January 1st folks who were like, I'm gonna lose 50 pounds and I'm gonna go to the gym five times a week and I'm gonna eat super clean and I'm gonna drink hundred ounces of water. There's like all these parts that make up the goal. So if you choose multiple goals, it literally taxes your system where we become hard on ourselves and it's harder to reach the goal. Has, has anyone ever experienced that? Yeah. It's like too, too much at once. So again, coming back to the love and grace of understanding that our, um, that our, really our nervous system can only handle so much at once. And so what your job is, is to spend time writing out what it is that you want. And so today, as we go into the next, really last quarter of the year, and we're going into the next goal-setting season, what I wanted to chat with you guys today about is choosing a priority and choosing what that priority is. And for you, maybe it's maybe it's weight loss, or maybe it's choosing to eat healthy. Maybe it's not that overarching scale goal, but maybe it's a different goal, but choosing that one, (laughs) one thing that you want to focus on and then use all of your energy and your bandwidth and your, your neuros, uh, circuitry to focus on that one goal. So if you guys want, I'd love to, I'd love to know, like, if you want to type in the chat, what's, What's your next big goal or what's the one priority that you're working on right now or that would be the the next best thing for you in the next 12 weeks? Then I'm going to help you guys a little bit with it. Recipes, Amy, so healthy eating. Yeah, cooking. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So that's something you really want to focus on healthy choices. So Lynn, I would challenge you to even get more clear with yourself on what those choices are. And really, when you do that, you're loving yourself enough to give your brain that clarity. Getting back on track with meal prepping. Yes. I love that. Are you already set up for the week, Kristen? Nope. Okay. So this is the thing. Today I wanted to do, um, oh, I love that, Janine, eating out when traveling, organizing my house. Yes. Oh, you guys are, bring it. Working on muscle tone, working towards 18 pounds. Good job. Awesome. So what I wanna challenge you guys with today is to really consider that one priority, what your first priority is in order to get closer to your goal. When you only have the one priority, it increases your likelihood of achieving the goal. And when you're focused, when you're so focused on the one thing, it shifts that nervous system into that neuroplasticity zone. Do you guys know what that is? Like, I don't, I don't remember when neuroplasticity came out in psychology, but it basically means that the brain is plastic. And when I first heard that, I was like, "What? what does that even mean? But all it means is that Remember, like from basic science, your brain is wired and it has all those neurons and the synapses and those synapses are so used to talking to Sister Sue that's right next door. But when you start to change things up and you don't want to talk to Sister Sue anymore and you want to talk to Eddie over here, your brain is incredibly plastic that you can literally decide, no more Sally, I'm talking to Eddie. And you can start making a pathway with your brain and your neurons so that your brain more often than not, goes down the path of Eddie and Sally goes bye-bye. And so, of course, I'm not talking about people particularly. I'm talking about habits and the way that we live our lives. So when you set one progressional goal and one priority, it increases your likelihood because it increases really the neuroplasticity of your brain. And when you have this neuroplasticity in your brain, you become acutely aware of what's happening. Like, tell me if you can in the chat, when you're working towards a goal, what are some emotions that come up for you? Like, as you're trying to progress, or you are progressing, what are some emotions that come up when you're in pursuit of goals? Good, bad, ugly, all of them. Fear. Anything else? Disappointment. Why can't I do it? Frustration, resistance, fear. Yeah, and if you know, if we got our emotion wheel out, we would see that all of these emotions you guys are sharing are really a reiteration of like fearing anxiety. And would y'all believe me if I told you that anxiety and fear are the gateway to neuroplasticity? Like frustration is the first step into neuroplasticity because it's basically those synapses in your brain that are like, oh, I mean, if you can literally think about it in your brain, of course you're frustrated. Your brain doesn't work that way. It's your job to be like, oh, of course this is hard. Of course I feel scared. Of course I have anxiety. My brain doesn't have the path. It's your job to continue through the fear or through the frustration to create this neuro pathway, And it's really the number one reason why people don't reach their goals. That's because they don't have a clear priority. And it's because they retract when they feel that fear and frustration. And we all do it. I do it too. I like to win. And when I'm not winning, I don't like it. No, I mean, I'm like a four-year-old. We all are at our core, you know. Like my kids in cross country right now, she hates it because she sucks. And I'm like, of course of course you suck. You've never run before. You know, like why should you just off the couch be good like Charlie who ran all summer? Sylvia, bless her heart. She was like, I don't know, but I should. (laughs) I'm like, I know, we feel entitled to this. So frustration is the key to the neuroplasticity. So there's two things you can do in order to increase your neuroplasticity. And number one is writing your goal on paper. I heard this the other day, and I have been a proponent of getting goals down out of head and either into a device or onto paper, but I heard a neuroscientist say, it's not the same to type it out. And if you think about it evolutionary wise, like our brains aren't wired to type, we don't connect with typing quite yet. And so if you want the most bang for your buck, for your neuroplasticity buck, take the pen to paper because our history um, doesn't really engage with our neurocircuitry when we're typing. Isn't that bizarre when you think of it that way? But I totally get it. And I think it's something about swiping versus writing down in your brain, having to think harder about it. So increasing neuroplasticity, get your goals down on paper, write them out. It engages your neurocircuitry and it engages your history. And so um, it's. I think it's really interesting that our brains don't recognize typing. So I'm trying that. I'm the person that puts everything in my notes. And then the other thing you can do is when you're writing goals, to, to write your goals with verbs. Meaning that, I'm gonna scroll up for what someone said with their goal. Um, for Janine, eating out when traveling. What that would look like for you, Janine, Is when you get your goal down on paper, you're going to put verbs to it and you're going to say, I am going to, you know, I'm going to be traveling Monday, Wednesday and Friday this week. And when I am traveling, I am going to eat these meals and you write it out and you give your brain that memo and then you have a written path and really a stable way for your brain to see what's happening. Does that make sense? Am I explaining that well? So you get it down, you set these goals specifically in adding the verbs, and then you focus on a time for 12 weeks. And so like for you, Kristen, with your meal prepping, it might look like for a 12-week cycle, you would write out, I'm going to meal prep for the next 12 weeks with this goal in mind. On Sunday night, I'm going to sit down for 45 minutes. I am going to prep every meal or five out of seven meals, and then I'm going to grocery shop. You put it in step by step by step, and then you go and you follow the plan that you set up for you. There's something evolutionary about writing it out and putting it down that makes you be able to call BS on yourself, or it allows you to engage your brain in a way where you think it out so much that you can predict and expect how to set yourself up for success right? Because when you're writing it out, you might be able to be like, I'm not going to do that on Wednesday. I've got baseball and I've got to do this. So it forces your brain to create a path that's going to work for you. Okay. And so the last two things that I want to share, what you can do when you get this 12 week plan written out is one, I want to encourage you to share it with your health coach or share it in the coaching page in our client community. But then two, Pay attention to the days that you feel motivated. There's some science that says when you feel like unmotivated or that visual, vis, vis, visualization, why can't I say that right? Visualization, all right, <laughs> that this is the key to success. And now there's some science that kind of debunks that that says, yes, that visualization works amazing when you feel motivated because when you're motivated, you can visualize the end goal. But when you don't feel motivated, visualizing the end goal is not going to increase your brain chemistry. And so some things you can do when you feel highly motivated, what you want to do to throw gasoline on this 12-week fire is to, yes, visualize the end goal. Visualize Um, your meal prep and visualize traveling and being a healthy, vibrant person when you're out traveling, Janine. And when you don't feel motivated, you're supposed to visualize the failure. So you're supposed to visualize, you know, for three to four minutes, what does it look like when I don't eat healthy when I travel? What does it look like for me in 12 weeks when I'm not meal prepping? And so there's not very many days that I wake up incredibly motivated by all the things. And some days I do wake up. And so you guys get to decide based on the day, can I visualize the end based on my motivation level? Or is this something where I need to visualize what happens if I don't? So when you visualize the failure, this is going to recruit your nervous system and it's going to increase epinephrine and dopamine. And we know that dopamine is our motivation hormone and that's what helps drive us forward. So I I don't know if you guys follow um, the Huberman Lab. Does anybody know? Um, I think his name's Adam Huberman. So you might follow him. He does super nerdy stuff. So if you like nerdy science stuff, it might be that you would like listening to him or listening to his podcast. But um, I would love to just open up a conversation for all of us today or like raise your hand and come off mute. Let's talk about like, how does this feel or sit with you? Does it motivate or inspire you? Or is it like, don't like that? Uberman lab. Yeah, does anybody have anything they'd wanna share or have some coaching on about your own goal? super nerdy and I love it he's like a Stanford neuroscientist and you know I've been health coaching now for over 10 years working with new habits and I mean I'm a human just like you guys and I'm like why can't I what's the deal where's my motivation and it's like oh we have to earn it we have to learn it we have to create it ourselves yeah I'm going to hang out here for just a second. I suspect something's going to come to somebody's brains. Nobody? Why are y'all so quiet? We're so lucky to have such a small group today. It means we can talk a lot. You can't? Well, if you raise your hand, Janine, I can pop you to the front of the class. I just... you
1: are hey what's Ah, up hiya so what one of the things that i recognize as far as patterns go when i'm like traveling for work and and eating out is there's this aspect of i feel like i deserve it right Mm -hmm. like to go you know have I mean, sometimes it's even like the more expensive option, right? It might be, you know, the steak versus the salad or, you know, so I I feel like I still struggle with deserve, like being happy with the deserving of the thing that fuels me optimally versus it being seen as a treat or that kind of stuff, right? It's Mm -hmm. like almost the the ice cream after dinner or you know the like dessert right Mm -hmm. um it almost feels the same way
0: yeah so are you saying that like you opt for dessert when you travel or you opt no I'm saying that I
1: I I
0: feel like
1: in my in my head it's like oh well I'm traveling it's almost like I'm exempt right for from Mm -hmm. my health goals because I'm traveling yeah, but and even how, though I travel with my fuel links and all that stuff, but when mm-hmm. I eat that one meal, it's out and it's that, that making the best choice on, uh, you know, as far as my menu options, right? Yeah. And Janine, how often
0: do you travel? Um, Usually once or twice a month. Okay. So enough that like, I mean, it's pretty regular. It is. Yeah. In enough that it could, it could affect your weight loss or health goals. Yes. Okay. And so what do you think about that when we, I mean, just when we say that, if you knew that it was affecting your, your long-term health goal, <laughs> is it? Well, for- <laughs> I would say that
1: that it it lands to be you know my evidence lends that way because I keep have like re-losing the same 5 pounds over and over and I'm still 15 pounds away from my goal or 15 yeah. to 20 on the week right so Yeah.
0: Well, and let I've, me ask you about
1: a here so yeah.
0: When you're traveling, so basically when you travel you don't eat as healthy, is that what you're saying?
1: Yes. Like my- typically there's there's going to be generally speaking it's going to be dinner and there's going to be some kind of business dinner right, right. and sometimes it's business lunch and business dinner where it would, like really makes it challenging right? because yeah. business is done over the course of the meal right
0: right well let me can i ask you just a couple quick questions and walk you through sure. a couple things so I'd be curious when you think about traveling for work and eating for work, the the thought that you shared earlier was like I deserve it. Mm-hmm. Is there another is there another thought that comes up when you think about traveling and eating for work?
1: Um, there's almost like a social aspect to it, right? Like not wanting to feel constrained in front of others, right? Does
0: mm-hmm. that? yeah and if you if you had to identify the thought you were thinking that kind of made you feel better can you think of what that might be
1: better about making a a better choice or better about like feeling deserving while also eating most healthfully
0: like the feel like what thought is relieving that feeling of I guess, being noticed that you're eating differently, or like what what's happening that's making you feel like you can't stick to your goals when you're out eating?
1: I think there's some aspect well, a, I don't think I've ever even like delved this deep into it, but um, I think there's an aspect of um I don't want to be a bother to the kitchen. Mm-hmm. I um, don't want to feel like I need to explain myself to co-workers. Um,
0: okay.
1: And there is that, like I said, there is still an element of deserving the indulgence of having the higher calorie meal. Yeah. Because you like
0: it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And yeah, Kaylee, yeah. I, absolutely there there may be like some like um perceived embarrass- embarrassment or judgment. Well, yeah, and I like it and you know, I can also speak to like as a kid on the rare times that we went out, my mom used to like say, "Well, you know, you you and you you, sh- you should order like something less expensive on the meal.
0: You know, mm-hmm. for the meal, too."
1: So, even and even though it's like it is what it is it's it's interesting that that also popping into my head right yeah
0: because when you're out with work you probably have a per diem like this is all like free right
1: yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm going to reimburse reimburse so it's free so it's free drinks right. it's free food it's you know I can eat whatever I want kind of you know not yes. that i the order of the steak and lobster type of thing but you know what I'm
0: saying right like oh. within reason right oh. okay and so when you're thinking the thoughts like you know you're sitting down you're traveling you're eating with work and you're thinking things like I deserve it I don't want to be a bother to the kitchen I don't want to have to explain myself to co-workers what type of like feeling or emotion comes up for you
1: um a justification like the like I start justifying right like I can be better tomorrow or I can be better when I get back home okay so oh, I guess like can I uh, can
0: restart <laughs> is that kind of what you think like I'll just restart tomorrow yeah it's kind of okay. like yeah I'll just it's, restart this I'll is just a better, I'll just yeah. restart and when you think I'll just restart. What type of feeling or emotion does that give you in your body? Well, it gives me like
1: permission, right? It's like, okay, like I gave myself a, you know, like get out of jail free card, right? Like I can order.
0: Permission, relief, maybe.
1: Yeah, right. Because, oh, well, you know, I don't have to have that potential embarrassment or judgment or whatever from, from, right. Or I don't have to be a bother because I'll just, I'll just worry about it like another day.
0: Yes. Yes. And so when you decide to, you know, worry about it another day, restart, release that, you know, permission, relief, or pressure, what do you end up doing? Having the meal, do you restart?
1: I do. I do. Well, I, it's usually I restart when I get home, right? So this could be anywhere from a three to, you know, three to five day trip, right? So, and which means that sometimes- Um, especially if I'm not hydrating as much as I normally do, then it could, it could be a five pound differential in three days. Right.
0: Yeah. And then deciding to restart later, just, can you see, can you see how the traveling for work, the choosing, you know, screw it. I'll just, I'll just restart giving yourself that permission and then, Falling off plan when you're traveling. Can you see how, like, of co- of course, that's contributing to results and maybe possible anxiety about traveling.
1: Um. No, I still love traveling. <laughs> <laughs> Me you, girl. Yeah. So, what do you think? <laughs>
0: be next how do you think like the goal setting exercise we did today do you think that could help walk you through any of this at all i think I think it it would i'm I'm um
1: I'm a uh, like I've been going through that looking at like how much more I feel like uh journaling would support me in in not just this aspect of my life but many and it's been like it, it's not an easy habit for or it hasn't been an easy habit for me to really get into. It's like, I'm sporadic for two or three days and then I'm off the wet, you know, don't do it for three or four. Right. So it's, and I know it's all tied together. Right. Uh, And I would say that the days where I have specific intention and I write down like, okay, my, like my uh, intentional, like, action for the day is X right those are the days that I feel more supportive of myself and my whole health goals
0: mm-hmm. I oh. love that you have some evidence that yeah. it works and mm-hmm. you have you have some of that evidence Janine that those pathways are being reset and forming and maybe just need a little bit more of it and i I would I think that anyone would say here that I think journaling is incredibly powerful but I skip some days too, and like that's okay. It doesn't mean yeah. I'm terrible, but the fact no. that you're like I'm trying and I'm working towards it, I think that's a really big deal.
1: Yeah, and it it would be more helpful at restaurants if they had something that was like wasn't just a salad, <laughs> you, know, um, you know,
0: because sometimes the the ten ingredient salad doesn't end up being the healthiest choice anyway, right? oh. Well, you know, we have a dining out guide that might be able to help you, but really um eating out, my go-to is always just steak and asparagus or broccoli. Yeah. And no one bats an eye at it, you know, and we we're out of, we're out of time, but just for the sake of that, like it's never weird to order that way. Like people don't care about the baked potato anymore. It's it doesn't have to be I'm trying to lose weight. It could be more like inflammation i mean gluten-free <laughs> there's so many reasons
1: right or you know like like you know hey like carbs are carbs don't support lower
0: glucose yeah. levels <laughs> so, yeah. i just feel like crap yeah. when i eat them or i want to eat oh. 15 potatoes instead of one like there's yeah. a lot of reasons you know so, <laughs> so yeah uh, i just feel better when i eat when i eat more vegetables people are like yeah. okay I mean, there, you don't really need a, like an a, a explanation is what I'm trying to say. Right. I think you could find, um, a lot more variety on the menu with that in mind. Okay. Yay. You rock. Thanks for coming off mute today.